Is this the first podcast of the new year? It is. 2020 is over. 2020 is done. It is gone. It's 2021. It's 2021. I'm glad we don't have to write checks anymore. No, but it has been really challenging because I have to enter dates for stuff at work and it uh, my fingers don't work right. Well, we had a flashback. I had a, a friend. Oh, hey, excuse me, sir. What's your name? <laughs> My name is Steve. I am Kim, and you're listening to An Hour of Your Life. She got me. I got you. She got me. It's only because we have guests in the studio. We do. That we're going to in- introduce here in a couple minutes. But I had a friend in Germany. I got a couple friends in Germany, and they texted me well before our midnight, and we found out that our computers... Now, this is going back. If you were around for Y2K, mm-hmm. our computers were still going to work when the new year changed. Yeah, I texted Jackie's an hour behind us, and I texted her at midnight, and I told her that the robots attacked at 12.05 and that she and Brandon needed to get out while they still could. Yeah, we had we had voices from the future. We did. All right, well, we have an interview show today. It's a two-for-one, actually. We are here in studio with our friends Mikla and Hannah Mud. Hannah Medvedevi, right? Did I say it right? You got it. I got it. <laughs> um, Mikla is from Ukraine. Hannah, his lovely wife, uh, obviously lives with him, brought him here from Ukraine as a souvenir. And <laughs> so... it's a good way to put it. Pretty much. <laughs> so, so, so we thought it'd be fun to have them in the studio. So before they came... Oh, yeah. So now everyone... Okay, so as far as the COVID things... We're we're all good here with the COVID we with are. recent test. Everyone is yeah, all good. Everybody's good. Hannah and I see each other on the regular at least several times a week. Um, so we're all in the same little circle. We're all safe. We're yep. good. We don't leave home much, do we? Yep. <laughs> you don't leave home hardly. At all. I don't leave at all. Just for groceries and stuff. Yep. Because <laughs> we are still trying to be careful with COVID. We don't want to be we don't want this this podcast to be a super spreader event, but oh yeah, no, yeah, so yeah, nope. like, you know, we, yeah. we've been we're we're very, in our very circle. Careful, we're socially distanced down here, and yeah, no germies, yeah, yeah none no, of those, no, no germs, <laughs> no covids are like floating around the studio, and if they are, we think we got enough distance between us. I don't we know. Should be good. You and Mickler are sitting awfully snugly <laughs> over there. <laughs> oh, should, we, should we be worried? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. No, we have enough bourbon to cleanse it all. <laughs> that sounds about right. All right. So, if you can't guess, what is tonight's episode about? We're we're gonna be talking about the Ukraine. About the Ukraine. Yeah. Where Mikla is from. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, we had Ozge mm-hmm. from who Turkey. Was from Turkey, and tonight. We have a guest from the Ukraine, and I am notoriously bad with pronunciation. Pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm bad at that. Okay. I don't I don't do so good okay, with it. Okay, repeat after me, Mikla. Mikla. Medvedev. Mikla. <laughs> <for> me. <laughs> no no okay. attempts. There was an attempt. <laughs> Mikla. Okay, so you ready? You guys ready to get started? We're yeah. ready. All right, so. I guess we could just start off, Mikla. What do you do for a living? And we're, and we're going to get into the Ukraine, but <laughs> normally we're going, to, we're going to establish first, like how you're here in the United States and do stuff like that. Well, I, I recently almost completed an associates in uh, computer aided manufacturing, which is basically like milled and lay the work with the computer interface. So, kind of been on the lookout for a new job. Okay, but so where do, where do you do the the training the school? It's Sinclair Community College. It's it's Sinclair. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. They have a lot of programs. It's Kim just finished I up. I did just finish a program, a program at, at Sinclair. Sinclair. They should they should uh, give us some money for advertising on our show. They should or sponsor or something, right? Or refund <laughs> me last quarter's tuition or something. Mm, that'd be nice. Oh, Whatever. You're the, you're complaining about your tuition. I, <laughs> I need to pay more than three times as much as you did. Well, for a credit anyway, hour. moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so. You you just are you almost finished? You say you did finish your degree. I had like one semester of full time classes to finish in associates, but right now I ran out of funds and I don't want to go into debt. Well, so you have I'm looking certificates. For a job before hireable certificates. Yeah, and all that I, I got yeah. I got like four certificates over the course of all the classes I took, so that's plenty for now. That's and I cool. can finish it later. Okay, so I guess you're married. 
Yes. Okay, so let, let's try to, I'm trying to get the complicated <laughs> things out of the way here. So when you came to the United States, I'm, I'm really jumping ahead here in the notes, but you came <laughs> over, did you come over on a student visa or yes. did you come over on the, which is the one that- The K-1. You, the, the K-1. The 90-day fiancé visa. <laughs> yeah, the 90-day fiancé visa. No, he came over on an F-1, the student one. Yeah, it was a student visa. <clears throat> and the, the main reason was indeed to first and foremost get an education. So- K-1 would have been exactly 90 days, which is where the name comes from, because if you don't get married in 90 days, you have to leave. Yeah, we watched that TV show. My mom was really into that TV yeah, that show. Yeah, that was another thing I was going to ask is how accurate is that? Do you, Have you ever seen it? We've like, seen, we've seen bits like, and pieces, yeah. One of the YouTubers we watch reacts to some episodes, and it's hilarious that way. Otherwise, it's, it's too cringy on your own. Yep. <laughs> but some of it's true. And some of it's like some obviously it's, dramatized and uh, yeah. Well, some of it's think? like how the heck do they even <laughs> yeah. like legally get? Through? Yeah, that, that's the a question you find yourself asking often. Yeah. Is how did they even like fly by in the, in their embassy in order to get v- the visa to come here in the first place? There's some strict stuff out there. <laughs> I mean, we've been through all the paperwork and all the interviews and all that stuff. And all the fees. And, uh, uh, definitely uh, the yeah. fees. That's. That's a big one. <laughs> lots of lots of fees. Okay. Well, oh, yeah. you know, we got to pay for every something somehow, so yep. we're going to charge you again here. Yeah. Yep. It's a yeah. pretty penny, I got to tell you, especially during a pandemic. <laughs> uh, do you mind do you mind saying about Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 1700. Okay. 1700. Yeah. Plus 500 Plus, for a lawyer. Um no, it was actually 800 total for okay. our lawyer fees. I guess we, it was. We, the paperwork is so complicated and you get one shot. So we did not want to screw that up. We wanted to get a lawyer and have her make sure that everything was done properly and get us through everything, especially since we're doing this, you know, during a pandemic and everything. So So that's the K one visa? This is the this, no, is, this a is a green card. card. The green card which I currently so already it's, have. It's about eight different documents that you have to submit. It's like it's like a huge stack of paper that you have to send in with yeah. pictures and everything. So. I think Ozge said it cost her like Somewhere, I think she said like twenty five hundred to three thousand. That sounds about right. Yeah. She was a little different though. I think she she may have been a K one visa though. I don't know because she she came over with her husband. Her husband was American. Oh, okay. And then she got her green card when she got here. Yeah. Yeah, that might be. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I did pay like another three hundred back when I got the student visa, but in retrospect, that's not actually that much. No, not compared to the green card stuff. No. Okay, well, well. And what amazed me is, Hannah, you were talking about like everything in the digital age, everything still goes through the post office. Yeah, it's very old school. <laughs> and Mikla's green card actually got lost in the mail. That as well as his work authorization. And the work permit, yeah. too. So the way it works is you submit all the paperwork and supposedly you get... Um, one of the documents that you submit, that you submit is um, authorization to the work to work in the United States, so that you can work while you're waiting for all of your other paperwork to go through, because it can take up to like, well, it took us like what eight months. <laughs> so, did you have a secret knock when you came home, just in case, like you had to go hide or something, or what? <laughs> I don't know. We should have thought about that one. <laughs> but, but yeah, the process is expected to take half a year, which it basically did because we filed in May. And we got it, uh, the green card, which is like the final step of the whole process for now, was November. But the work authorization but, is supposed to come early so that yeah, you have Yeah, it's supposed to ability. come within like two months yes. or so. So, so you, you can, can work money. and earn money so that you're not like scrapping you know, by. But it didn't. The work permit actually came exactly a month before yeah. the green card thing. So the money wow. that we paid to file that document was basically moot and pointless because... A green card obviously gives you authorization to work in the United States, so there's no point in work authorization. So that was a little frustrating. <laughs> I feel like you need to sue the post office and get your money back. Yeah, I would love to do yeah, that. You can't. <laughs> I don't think you can do that. No, so. probably not. Th- th- they have all these delays written in there beforehand. Yeah. Mm. So, Hannah, we're going to kind of move over. You're from Miamisburg. Yeah. So, okay, that's great. <laughs> a little boring. And Miamisburg's <laughs> an awesome town. But we want to talk about the Ukraine right now a little bit. So, can you tell us a little bit, like, the name of your town, where you're, where you're from, what it was? Just tell us about your hometown. Well, I'm from Kiev, Ukraine, which is the capital city. And the history of that city alone is, like, almost 1,500 years old. Oh, wow. Um, it's... It goes back, went back. In fact, they don't exactly even know who founded it. There's like four different legends. And by today's standards, I think one of them is like the main version that they go towards when they talk about it. 
But yeah, I grew up in like basically all, it's almost outskirts of the city. So if you go just a little further, you're outside the borders of the city itself. You start to go in like suburbs of it, mm-hmm. which was probably before the better um, because there was like a lot of stuff that obviously was made as commodities in those uh, places. And we didn't have to go too far in the downtown, which is always chaotic, obviously, as it is in major cities a lot of the time. So it was a nice area to grow up in. How was the, the public transportation? Uh, in the city, it's developed pretty well. So we had the subway and usually like two main buses that we use around our areas. Uh, sometimes if it gets like a little complicated, like going to a railway station, we usually just get a cab. But most of the time it's pretty well thought for like, if you want to get to main places, you don't need to think too much. Okay. <laughs> so pretty organized system and stuff like that. Is it expensive to travel on the public transportation or is it relatively inexpensive? Um, it used to be pretty cheap back when I was a kid, but over time with inflation, they kept adjusting the price. So by now it's a little pricey for like trying it to uh, like, basically if you don't want to do it every day and you don't need to do it every day, maybe you should save a bit of my money. Okay. Mm. That's is it, what's it, is it crowded? I would imagine, I mean, as cities go, what's the population of Kiev Versus in in comparison to like other major metropolitan areas, say London or Chicago or New York, LA. So London is actually a good comparison because Kiev is uh, one third of London's size. Oh wow! And it's three million people that are registered. I'm sure there is a little more to that number mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of obviously a lot of people from like rural areas they come to live in there and they don't exactly like register. They just rent apartments and such okay. and such. But during rush hour, it's always busy busy in every single kind of transportation, like subways, buses, they're all packed. There's a lot of traffic jams in, in the early hours and the late hours. So, so typical it, big city life. Typical big city, yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay, so I was going to ask, but you've already answered. So you basically come from an urban area. Now, as far as all of Ukraine, is it, how would you, is it more agriculture, industry? And if it's agriculture, what's what's the major? It's definitely mostly agricultural. Um, we are called the breadbasket of Europe, after all, for for a major reason. Wheat, <laughs> wheat, wheat and rye, and um, uh, another one I forgot the English word, unfortunately. <laughs> and say, say it in Ukrainian. I may know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, the cities, they're mostly like pretty urbanized. And uh, even even the suburban areas, if you like compare them, especially to how American suburbs are made, they're, they almost look like rural rural areas and rural areas look like crap. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, because I was interested as we were kind of pre-gaming the, uh, the episode tonight and just getting to know. And I, I didn't realize this, but you said that Ukraine is considered third world. And I, I didn't know that. I thought it was more developed. Now, Kiev, that's not third world, is it? No. But out away from the major city, you said it is third world or considered third world? Um, like, I'm not 100% sure of the actual classification. I think uh, there is a lot of things that go in the categorizing one's country as third world or developing as they name them. But uh, a lot of areas, especially outside major cities, they don't do as well. And in rural areas, there is even like problems with electricity and heating, like basic human functions. So these are one of the, some of the things that would go against uh, calling it more than the third world, I feel like. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So and, um Ukraine so a little bit of history on Ukraine. Um you guys just got your freedom from the Soviet Union in 91. Yeah, we we Belarus and Russia, basically the three leaders came together and they were the other two were like we went out and Russia said maybe you should not and we said we're out. <laughs> and after we collapsed everything else followed. Mm. So so it's still relatively a young independent nation as yeah. far as I mean it's it it is and it's not it's it, it has recently won its independence after having been how how long was before the Soviet Union kind of came in and took everything over 
What was it like before that? I mean... So the short version is it starts really as a country in 800. Mm. And then it continues to be one until 1240 when the Mongols come and kick everybody's butts. Oh, the Mongols. And and after that, uh, in pretty a pretty long period of fighting, actually, we kind of cease to exist as a country. We, like, separate into small uh, areas and districts. And then... After that, around like I would say 1400, we constantly fight for independence against Poland, Russia, and Turkey, and we never really took it up again, and, uh, except for a small little chunk of time in 1500s, when one of the rulers technically actually achieved independence. We were again a separate country, mm-hmm. and as soon as he died, it stopped. Everybody overtook us again, and. In 19, I think 14, if I'm not wrong, or somewhere on that year, we almost declared ourselves a country again. Mm. We were like close. We established a government. We had everything planned out. And then World War One starts and everybody takes chunks of us again. Mm. <laughs> so it was not fun after 1240. Not at all. <laughs> so it's it's so. the good old days of 1240. Yeah. <laughs> so... Hannah, how did you guys meet? Were you just like traipsing around the Ukraine and like, <laughs> oh my gosh, there's a love of my life? How did how did this come That's about? Exactly how it happened, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. No, we actually met in a chat room, <laughs> not looking for any kind of relationship or anything. We met on a Twitch chat room, just <laughs> randomly. There were people from all over the world in the chat room. There were people from like Canada and England and whatever. What game were you playing? <laughs> we were watching. That, that a, would be almost a separate uh, <laughs> yeah, really. podcast episode it was, on its own. It was a channel of someone streaming a game. He was a voice actor in the game that he was playing. It was near Automata, and he voiced one of the main characters. And we were just in the chat room, so. So you are used to speaking into a microphone, then, right? <laughs> Quite. Just not, not this yeah, kind of quality some, microphone. We did some video chat before we met, you know, played some games together to. and, you know, so, all of our friends aww. and everything. So, uh, <laughs> cute you little know, gamer You, you got to go on just like how they do things. We need to, to open this up for that audience that's interested in that. So how did that, uh, how did this develop? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, around nine days into chatting, she friend zoned me. <laughs> Oh, I did After a series of such experiences, I didn't even care anymore. So I just said, well, all right, I don't care. Let's continue (laughs) talking and everything. Yeah, I was like, I just really love you being my friend. (laughs) (laughs) I really love you, dot, 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 being my friend. Being my friend, yeah. (laughs) Kind of, sort of. Clearly that did not last. (laughs) After about, I would say, around... Twelve more days, she gave up. Oh, that's <laughs> really fast. It was pretty quick. Yeah, yeah it was. It was kind of a whirlwind, honestly. Yep. And I, at this point, like after we'd been talking and playing games for a while together, I had been wanting to take kind of a vacation, and you had been wanting to go to America for the first time. Um, Mikla had some friends working at the embassy in New York, the Ukrainian embassy in New York. So he and his mom were planning on kind of visiting for the first time in the U S and I had never seen New York during Christmas time. So, (laughs) so we both kind of flew to the Bronx and met up for the first time, him and his mom and then me. So it was kind of wild. <laughs> I what don't know. Was give that me, like? Give me your perspective, Michael. Yeah, I want to hear, I wanna hear you like talking about it. Coming to America for the first time. Um, you ever seen the movie Coming to America? <laughs> we were just discussing <laughs> yeah, this we the other night. Yeah, that's, it's not too far from that. Uh, so what, what was the biggest culture shock? The biggest culture shock was um, people get out of transports in orderly fashion. So <laughs> yeah, when, that when I when, when the plane landed, and apparently it was mostly. Well, the time or period that we flew, it was early December when we came to New York City. And there was a lot of Orthodox Jews on the plane, actually, from the Ukraine. But everybody who was American, they were, like, waiting for their turn to get out of the seat. And I know that in Ukraine, that is not a thing. And everybody just gets up at once. And whoever's the strongest gets out first. (laughs) Some of the reasonable people choose to wait out from the get-go and just wait until everybody who's really fed gets through. But some people really want to fight for it. It's a little chaotic. So, I've I, I read and I've heard stories about this, and I know Ukraine is not Russia, but planes were crashing in Russia as they were starting to come into land, and people were like, what is going on? 
And then as they started doing studies, it turned out that the people were just wanting to get off the airplane. So while the plane was like on final, people were getting out of their seats and rushing like to the front of the airplane so they could be at first the door. And of course that changed the weight data for the oh airplane. Gosh. And it, yeah, there were several planes that crashed because yeah, of that I in Russia. That yeah, some people start <laughs> nice. getting up before it's like even done landing. Like as soon as they feel the wheels touch, they think it's done. And no, it's no. far from that. It still has stuff. to finish landing, then slow down a bit, and then dock. But they feel like it's the same with, as with a car. It breaks. Oh, we're, we're good. I we're can here. get out. <laughs> Just here? open the door, and I'll yeah. jump right out. Cool. <laughs> oh, well, okay. So you obviously have, you come from a large family. So you have a lot of family in Ukraine right now. Um, I'm the only child. And my parents each have one sibling, so it's not really that huge. As a, so you don't but, have a lot of cousins or aunts and uncles? or um, have a couple of each, and then I have like uh, five or six cousins, all female, oh, on oh. Like distant sides of the family. It's like second and third cousins, no mm-hmm. direct cousins. Any, so, uni- so how, how do your parents feel about you coming to America? Um, at first, they were obviously like, uh, surprised to hear the news, but my dad was more concerned with the love of my life being from not Russia. So <laughs> as long as the criteria was met, he didn't exactly care. <laughs> and then there was even this one time we had to set up a video chat with my parents sitting by my side and her parents sitting by her side so that each side respectfully uh, achieves conclusion that we're both real people <laughs> and we come from reasonably brought up families and everything like that and that was partially a stressful experience because it took about two hours and everything was translated by mm-hmm. yours truly because mm-hmm. nobody oh, else knows two languages fluently enough so sorry but <laughs> yeah so, i can't how's imagine your, how's your ukrainian coming around uh not great <laughs> i'm trying i can't imagine because it's stressful enough when you meet your in-laws or your significant other's parents for the first time let alone across the entire world and then you have to be the one to translate for oh, everybody yeah. i can't imagine and through video chat where it's i just, cannot even you know, imagine yeah what was your internet properly yeah i was gonna say what was your internet like he, in ukraine was it i mean did you have decent bandwidth and everything or it usually isn't but i plugged an <laughs> ethernet cable which got me to 100 megabytes of both like yeah, upload and download and that was solid like it never goes out so, unfortunately, my mom was constantly upset that the cable is all around the floor of the apartment, <laughs> but I constantly had to convince her it was worth it, because otherwise I would have freakouts over how bad the internet is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't do well with technology not no. working out. Your webcam, however, was not the best. <laughs> it was $10. A little glitchy, maybe? No, it was just yeah, blurry not and not the best. a great quality of a webcam. Was it Skype? Uh, it, we tried Skype. Like once. That was actually around the time when Skype really started dying. (laughs) Yeah, it did not work out well. We couldn't use Skype at all. It was constantly glitching. And I think it wasn't even like on one's end. It was just Skype. So then Twitch actually introduced video chat for the first time. Discord. First it was Twitch. We tried Twitch first. Oh, we did, didn't we? And that one actually worked out well as long as she sat right by her Wi-Fi router, which was in the basement. (laughs) So given that was December, we figured out it was not a good idea. (laughs) <laughs> and then Discord actually also introduced video chat right around that time. So it really just fitted perfectly within our relationship. Sorry for everybody else. <laughs> um, and yeah, Discord video chat 90% of the time worked pretty well. So so, so your dad's all cool with this. Hannah, how your parents? How? <laughs> go on. They probably won't be listening to a podcast oh, yeah. anyway. So go ahead. <laughs> Give us the lowdown here. I remember the day that I told my mother that Mikla existed. And I met she, a guy on a game. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah. there's, this, there's this guy and he's from Ukraine. And the first thing she said was, no. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, absolutely not. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know <laughs> You don't know him. But she actually did end up meeting him through video chat not too long after. And she warmed up to him, so... I mean, he did end up like you know living in their house or full for a while. So, so everything's all yeah, good everything's now. all yeah. everything's well, great good. now. It was happy endings. Yeah, here. happy okay. ending. But oof, yeah. it was rocky there at the beginning for a little yeah, while. Yeah, it was even a bit <laughs> stressful to meet them for the first time live oh, it was, when yeah. we flew down, and I actually had a cold around that time, so 
the pressure change in the plane killed my hearing for a while. Oh, no. Then my ears mm-hmm. clogged. And we are going down to get the luggage. And Dayton Airport is relatively small. It has like, what, two flights an hour maybe? Yeah, it's and, tiny. It's small. Um, she said, oh, they're not here yet. So I'm going <laughs> worry-free. I'm like, we're going to get our luggage. We're going to sit down. I'm going to chill. My ears maybe, they're going to unclog in a while. Famous like 10, 15 words. minutes. I get the luggage from the belt. I put it down. I take out the hand to drag it. I turn around and it's her father. And he's <laughs> smiling and says, welcome to America. And I'm freaking out. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I did not expect him to be right thank around my you, sh- shoulder. Yeah. yeah. So I said, thank you. Yeah, I try to be nice, but I was also freaking out. <laughs> And then the it was like late at night, like ten something, and we drive back to her house, which from the airport takes about forty minutes. So we come, and she tells her parents that like I'm not feeling well, I have a cold, and they gave me Nyquil. Oh no! <laughs> medicine that doesn't exist quite in Ukraine in any analogy. <laughs> so I sit there at the kitchen table, and I say, "Well, so you got me to this unfamiliar neighborhood, and now you're drugging me. <laughs> I don't exactly expect to wake up in this house tomorrow." Can I make you feel better? <laughs> yeah, I've got. Relatives that would like give the kids Nyquil at nighttime to put them asleep. <laughs> so they go to bed. Yeah, truth. Yeah, that's that's true. Well, but you out. woke up the next day and you still had your kidneys and your liver and your spleen and everything. You weren't yep. sitting in a bathtub full of ice or anything no. No. with a note and a cell phone. <laughs> like no, I, I woke up and then I think I went downstairs and I had some pancakes. Sure <laughs> did. And some, not too bad. Some uh, good coffee. Very good coffee. My dad is a coffee snob, so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, the educational system in Ukraine, how does how does that work? You what? How old are you when you start school? Um, so, I went to school at six. Uh, usually, parents take the children at seven. Um, so, first grade was six, and then... No kindergarten? Uh, kindergarten was there, but it is not considered an official part of education. Okay. You don't need it. Uh, so kind of like our preschool. It's more like daycare. Like right. You don't really get anything. Go and play with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. You just go and play with the kids. There's like some, they try to obviously educate you in some like writing, reading and drawing and everything very simplistically, but it's not mandatory. And then after ninth grade, which uh, I guess I was what, 14, 15? Yeah. Uh, you have the option to go to community college right away instead of uh, doing two more grades of high school. So you can start like kind of finishing up the high school degree and already starting a more profile education, which for me was economics. Which, so when you say profile education, what do you mean like by tech that? Like school. Like you already get uh, more narrowed classes. So in okay. my case, it was like economy classes, accounting classes and everything, along with still finishing the high school program. At a certain point, like, do you decide, like, do you go, like, on a college track? It sounds like that's what you did with the economics. Is, is there a certain point that kids decide, you know what, college maybe I'd rather go work in trades? Is there a certain point where they divide and split out a little bit? They don't exactly divide. It's kind of like the same thing for us. So, like, I know in America there's, like, a trade school, yeah. and there is more like a an actual college or university. Back there, it's kind of the same thing. They obviously have like slightly different prices, but they're not actually that different. And they're not that expensive, especially converting from dollars. Uh, But afterwards, you actually save time for yourself where if you go to a university with this and pursue the same kind of education as you did in your college, you cut down the years you need to complete like a bachelor's degree. So for me, after three years of college, which was both high school and uh, classes for economics, I only needed two more years to complete bachelor's instead of four full-term years. Okay. Sounds like a hybrid. So after high school, say if I had decided I wanted to be an electrician, then I would go to a trade school. Not actually after high school, after middle school. After middle school. Yeah, the two two last classes of high school are not mandatory. You can already start going for something Okay, so you can... After middle schools, if you decide if you want to go towards a trade or take a more college route in. Wow, that's interesting. That's, man, I think, you know, over here in America, we, I, we, I we see I kids at college and it's like, out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, here we like, I'm 18 years old, I'm starting college and you're trying to make me decide what I want to do. I want to go spend all this money and get a degree and this is what I'm expected to do the rest of my life. So some of the, 
in the Ukraine, you know, these kids are deciding this after middle school. Yeah, it's it. I guess it doesn't really work either because I was thinking, where do I want to go? What do I do want to do? Like, this is probably something that will end up in a job. And I couldn't decide. So I went for something universal as economics. And uh-huh. only by the end of the whole thing, when I was like getting my bachelor's, it was a few months within getting that, I realized I don't actually want to work for economics. <laughs> okay, so in school, how many languages do you speak? I personally speak three. Three. Russian, Ukrainian, and English. And English, okay. And did you learn... Was that mandatory, compulsory in school that you learn Russian? Uh, Russian and Ukrainian are taught, yes. And uh, in school, usually teachers speak Ukrainian. Um, And then English is introduced right away also in the first grade. Um, And you start also talking English. A lot of kids struggle with it. Um, but It's a hard language. If it's not your first one, it's really hard. Well, adults struggle with it way more. So Mm -hmm. I actually don't really understand i feel like part of it is laziness <laughs> and not wanting to learn <laughs> anyone else's language because mm. you think oh i don't need it yeah. I, um, I, have a, I have a friend he was in the air force and he spoke seven languages fluently uh, fluently it, i mean okay so there was english he was hispanic so he spoke spanish french portuguese, portuguese italian which similar but he also spoke german russian and he was learning Chinese. I guess he, he spoke Farsi too, didn't he? He, he was learning. He, was learning he, Farsi he, he didn't have the yeah. understanding of Arabic. But if we would go to an Italian restaurant, he would order in Italian. And I remember the the owners of the restaurant would like amazed that he spoke with I, you know, with I, no I, accent or anything like that. It seems like once you learn one hey, Dominic. language, one language, that it's much easier to learn other languages, at least in that family. Um, you know, once you learn one romance like, language, like it's a little Italian, bit easier. Italian, Portuguese, French, and Spanish, I yeah, guess. Yeah, if you learn one romance language, it's a little bit easier to learn another romance language or Germanic language or whatever because a lot of the basic rules are the same. But at Did the you same have a hard time going from Russian to English? Um, me personally, no. But I think I'm more inclined to better learn a language. But I definitely agree with what you said, Kim, because... A lot of Ukrainians, especially for the past six, seven years, they've been learning Polish in order to go to work Mm. in Poland. And Polish is a very easy language for us to pick up because uh, we do differ in the fact that Polish is Latinic and we are Cyrillic, so the alphabet is all completely different. But we speak so similarly, it's like I would say at least 50% the same language. So I would imagine it's similar to like Italian and Spanish where they're different languages, but they have a lot of the same sounds and they have a lot of the same inflections. And um, and you can kind of puzzle out what you, you know, kind of determine meanings of words. Yeah, like I can actually read or hear Polish and I can mostly make out what it is without knowing anything about it. Like yeah. I don't really know Polish at all. Yeah. But okay, I so, can kind of understand it. So here comes my ignorance. You, uh, Ukraine does border with Romania? Yes. Okay, so what what do they speak in Romania? I'm pretty sure they speak Romanian. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. I should go back and edit that so I don't sound completely stupid. No, no, stupid. no, no, leave it in, leave but, it in. But, but what, I guess what I was meaning is how similar is that to... That's what I really meant. Um, not at all, because Romanian goes more to these southern Slavic ang- ang- uh, languages, sorry, like Albanian and like Bulgarian, and they're not similar at all. Well, you know, in Mexico, Kim, they don't speak Mexican, they speak Spanish. No, they okay. don't. No, they don't. Okay, so it, they it don't wasn't speak, that dumb, they dwell, they wasn't do, that dumb a question mm, right they there. Do speak, okay. Yeah, in, speak in American, they don't speak American either. Yeah, well, let, let's move on here. <laughs> so, what was it like growing up in the Ukraine? Um, I mean, Hannah, we'll get to you. What was it like growing up in Miami? <laughs> super boring. At first, it was definitely like, I mean, you're just a kid, you're growing up, that's all you know. So, yeah. you don't notice a difference. And some of the things I can go back to now and understand that that was not okay. Like, for example, the buses that we usually took with my mom from like kindergarten, they were extremely outdated and dirty. And back then I was just sitting and eating my candy bar and watching outside the window at the traffic. So I was content at five years old. But now I can see (laughs) that not not, not everything was okay. 
And then... But it was normal. But it was normal. Yeah. Uh, when I went to elementary school, it, they actually managed to, which how a lot of things happen in Ukraine is you, a guy knows a guy. Mm. And a lot of things get done like that, including getting a good job. So my dad knew a guy and they got me in a pretty good school, which was for mostly rich kids. Everybody owned a Game Boy. I never even heard about Game Boy until going to elementary school. Okay, and so we, we usually try to avoid politics, but it's <laughs> who you know. So uh, like, yeah, did anybody in your you family know uh, Hunter Biden? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Not that I'm currently that aware of. Right now. <laughs> um, I'm sure somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows Biden, <laughs> but I'm not personally involved at that close of a level. Uh, but anyway, it, the commute was taking quite a bit too for that school, but it seemed worth it at the time. And then after that, to the middle school, I went to a different one. And that's around the year, like 2007, is when I finish elementary and I start going to middle school. And a lot of things will start to go really downhill for the country. And they will just keep going downhill until still today. Now, did you realize that at the middle school level that things were starting to deteriorate? Uh, Yes, because you could constantly see prices going up. And my parents talked about it a lot and they were discussing it. And you could see a lot of people being unrestful and anxious about like what's going to go down and what's going to be next and everything. Mm -hmm. And that was around the time when we had, I think it was our third president, who there was actually a revolution uh, because of his election because it was uh, stolen by the other candidate who most people didn't like. So (laughs) we went ahead and protested until they did a a full re-election where that first candidate won. And he, despite having, I think, a master's degree in economics, was not actually doing well with Ukraine's economics. And afterwards, it started slowly going downhill. And then that other guy who just stole the election, he actually becomes the next president. Mm. And he makes everything even worse. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, that's a good transition. So... We, I don't want to talk politics like issues, but explain. Can you explain your government? Like, is it par- parliamentary or? Uh, it? It's it's kind of similar to American. We only have like one chamber, like kind of like Congress, uh, and then we have min- in the ministers' cabinet, which is kind of like, I guess you people call them secretaries, hmm. and uh, then just the president. So there is not like a senate or anything. So is it like one party rule at a time from the election or within the, for lack of a better term, Congress? Are there different parties, different it's, political beliefs? It's a lot of different parties. Okay. I would say it's on average the parties that do matter, like six or seven. And because no party holds a real majority, usually a few of them will get into a coalition so that they can all vote together on similar issues and they can actually get some kind of a majority. Okay, that's... That's kind of interesting. That sounds very uh, British. Yeah, well, and I think and it's interesting, too, that because Ukraine is such a young country, uh, how much of it is growing pains and how much of it is, um, you know, just trying to find your own national identity and kind of what, you know, where do you want the country to go? And it's, it, I think it's very interesting to watch a, kind of a, a young country that has been it's, I don't know. I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say. It's a young country that's been around for thousands and thousands of years, like geographically. But it's a new government. Right. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's so interesting. Well, probably one of the major reasons why it works is because Ukraine doesn't actually have any like kind of political compass mm. knowledge. In the majority of the public, they vote for personalities. So it matters who leads the party or who's the candidate or if it's like the party of the president. So they just vote based on that. They don't exactly research any candidates that much. They don't know what their policies are even going to be or anything like that. And some parties, if you start looking them up, you'll see that they identify with a certain uh, part of the political compass, like they're either more on the right, more on the left, somewhere in the middle, libertarian, etc. But people don't really know that, and they don't really care to know, I think. You know what's depressing? I, I just read that the two parties here in America, the two main parties, are already trying to start aligning up who will be running for president in 2024. 
Oh, gosh. I hope not. <laughs> I need a break from all the politics uh, right? in the presidential election. Uh, we need a breather. <laughs> yeah. We haven't even technically finished this one. Yeah, this That's one's still true. going on. Yeah, I read a, we, I read a bit, big article about that today, too. Anyway, <sighs> so religion. Is there a national religion? How does religion, how big a part does that play in the Ukraine? Is there a central religion? Is it mixed or... How does it go? So it's mostly Christianity. I would probably call it government religion, like uh, the the actual country religion, because a lot of religious holidays are national holidays. Is it an Orthodox church? It's Orthodox Christianity mostly, but like nobody bans Catholics or anything. Even uh, recently, actually, they made both Christmases uh, holidays because Orthodox holidays, they go by a different calendar. Mm -hmm. So, for example, their Christmas is... 6th January and 7th January, Eve and day, unlike ours, 24th, 25th. Yeah, if you listen to last week's episode, mm-hmm. we don't not. really know exactly yeah. when Jesus was born, yep. but we picked the 25th. Well, <laughs> I mean, we, we celebrate the fact he was born, not the fact he was born today. So yeah. I think it's, it doesn't really matter. Yes, they it had to pick out. a day for a holiday, so. Yeah, well, par- partially they wanted to take the... Uh, Back in the day, the pagans, the winter solstice holidays away from them. So that was probably the inspiration. But I don't think it also matters that much by now. I'm all for more holidays, the better. Like yeah. Right Let's now we get them all. 10 federal <laughs> holidays. I'm up for 20. I like the fact that, that Ukraine celebrates two Christmases. <laughs> yeah, it only started happening like last year. I feel like we should make that a thing in America. I agree. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, that, I think I read that America has one of the least holidays as a country. I think it's nine or ten days. I'm going to run for president oh. and campaign against that one. I don't. I never understood why election day is not a national holiday. I think it should be. Hmm. I don't know. Actually, that ponders me too. Yeah, that should Although, be. Although it? it really should like, be. In Ukraine, it's a. It's usually the election is held on a Sunday. We don't have a regular election like here. It's whenever it falls, it falls. Nobody cares about like four-year term on the dot limit. Because, for example, we recently had an election two years ago and the president was elected and the Congress, because they knew he's coming after them and he's going to dissolve the whole Congress and make the full re-election, which was in his right uh, rule to do, they did not want to inaugurate him. They did not set an inauguration date. And he just like showed up to stage one day and he said, you guys need to do it and you need to do it now or else you know what's going to happen. And then they were forced to do it. He was inaugurated pretty late. I think he waited uh, like 21 full days after all the election was confirmed for him. And there wasn't really any opposition. He votes 73% of the vote. Wow. There was no doubt he's going to be the president. So how often do you have a presidential election then? It's usually around five-ish years. Is it basically till the people get tired? and No, there is like a term limit. It's just not exactly four years. And they don't swear them in on a regular period. Like here, it's like 21st January is the inauguration date. And it's every four years on the dot. And then like he gets out of the office at 12. Yeah. We don't do that by uh, those standards. So sometimes it stretches a bit. Sometimes it shrinks a bit. But nobody really cares. Hmm. Could you like imagine? That here? <laughs> All right, we better move political on. Political climate, that would be... So talk to me about local music, local entertainment. What would you do on Friday, Saturday night for fun? Local bands? So I would say the music, like there is obviously folk music in Ukraine, which consists mostly of string instruments and instruments similar to like clarinet. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Sing a few lines or? No, I can't. <laughs> I'm terrible in this. <laughs> but uh, for the more recent musicians, it's mostly rock and pop and then like a mix of both. Western bands? Um, some people do quite uh, like the Western musicians, especially from ones from Britain and America, but they still don't take the whole stage. So they're like, I would say maybe a third of mm-hmm. the whole music. And where does everyone else come from? Um, what do you mean? Like, if you were to turn on, like, the pop music, so if you said what percentage was British-American, where does where does the other music come from? Ukrainian. Ukrainian? Yeah. Okay, so local bands that 
or what's, maybe not what local, is, but like, what does Ukrainian pop sound like? I would play a song right now if I could, but you uh, thinking of Zizio? No, <laughs> Zizio is actually more like a folk pop. Love Zizio, but there is a singer that me and my friend we really love. Uh, his name is uh, Kuzma Skrabin, and he has uh, quite a few songs. He did like all the different styles. Unfortunately, he died in a car crash in 2014. Ooh. But he has so many songs, and pe- a lot of people really like them. They listen to him to this day, and even his band actually still performs in his memory. They like find obviously substitute singers to perform his songs to kind of cover them. Oh, that's cool. But they still do like memory evenings. I wish we had a license that we could I do know. this, but with copyright laws, <laughs> yeah. we just can't play that. Maybe after this, we can YouTube this and hear some. Yeah, there, there there is quite a mix of instruments in his music uh, that I personally really enjoy because, like, one day I can be in the mood for that kind of style, and then the other day I can listen to completely different style, and it's still him singing these songs. So, Hannah, do you have a favorite Ukrainian band? I do like this particular artist because we did use one of his songs for our wedding. I will say. <laughs> well, what was it? <laughs> It was the champagne one, right? Yeah, it was called Champagne Eyes. Champagne Eyes. We used it for our wedding. Um, but I do also love Zizio. <laughs> yeah. Zizio's a good one. Zizio is the kind of guy who basically sings anecdotes. And like He has yeah. a song about, your mother-in-law does not like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was actually, there's actually a Ukrainian show, and I believe it's still on Netflix. Yes. Is that right? Um, and the main actor in this show is currently the president of Ukraine. <laughs> oh. Okay, is it subtitled? It yes. is subtitled. Unfortunately, it's not dubbed, yeah. but it is it subtitled. It is subtitled. So it's funny. The show is actually about, what is it, a history teacher that becomes... It, it's basically... Uh, so our current president, Vladimir Zelensky, he, Zelensky, his career was being a comedian and an actor. And he did this show back in 2015 where he plays his history teacher where he is sparks in an outrage because his class was taken away from him to build booths for the voting because they're very simple and they just like stack boards together and nail them. And he just sparks out and he yells and screams and swears and it goes on YouTube and it goes viral and a lot of people start saying, we'll vote for this guy. Because a lot of it, a lot of this outrage was directed at the politicians. And they started in the show a GoFundMe campaign kind of thing where they uh, got the money enough for him to pay the fee to enter the presidential race and he won. And he didn't even know that he won. (laughs) And it literally starts with this first episode. He's getting ready for work back at school and he's like opening the door and it's the prime minister and he's like, good morning, Mr. President. (laughs) And Boris from... uh Used to be the mayor of London, and now he's the prime minister of oh, England. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's a show in Ukraine, a very popular show about a guy who becomes the president, who's a teacher, and then the actor actually becomes the president. <laughs> yeah, it's called Servant of the People. It's very unfortunately, good. I, highly I think it. it still only has one season. So far, it well, had yeah because the main guy became president. No, like, like the well, actual show has oh, okay. two seasons. But they're not subtitled, and then okay. three more episodes that. Uh, also came out kind of the third season in an epilogue, but Netflix only has one. Oh, okay. They got to upload more. Yeah. It's a good one. So, Hannah, if you could take him anywhere in the United States, it has to stay in the United States, <laughs> where would you take him to see the visit that you'd like? Oof. This, I want you to see this in America. Where oh, would it be? Oh, man, that's a tough one. And then, and why? It's a two-part question. <laughs> well... We both always wanted to go to Montana just because it's gorgeous. I really want him to see the diversity of the United States because we have so much. Like we have so many different landscapes, so many different things. It's just, it's a lot. (laughs) So I want him to see how different it can be in the United States, how many different places you can go. He's skeptical of Florida, so I do want to take him to Florida. (laughs) What what are you skeptical about? It's not that I'm skeptical. I just don't see it going there in the near future. (laughs) You were skeptical at first, you got to admit. Is it the alligators? No. (laughs) It's the old people, but don't tell them. (laughs) My mom lives in Florida. She listens to the show. (laughs) Well, don't tell her. She listens every week. She's our most faithful listener. See, I'm going to take him to Florida, and I'm going to change his mind about Florida. There you go. (laughs) 
But yeah, Montana, we've always, I don't know, I don't want to, I want to go to Arizona. He's not big on deserts, but I think that would be no, a nice um, visit. I come from a country with pretty cold winters, so I'm yeah. more resistant to cold and I die from heat. She's the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I am the opposite. I, I could live in a desert what? my whole life and be fine. So I never really thought about it, but what, have there been any animals that like we have here in Ohio that you don't have in Ukraine that you, first time you saw it, you're like, what is that thing? I had a friend from Australia and when he saw a groundhog, he's like, (laughs) Steve, what is that? What is that thing? And they were all over the place. That was on Fort Belvoir. There were like thousands of them. I'm pretty sure we don't have aardvarks, but... We um, don't have aardvarks either. <laughs> I was going to say, I've never seen an aardvark. Right, but he, never mind. Anything in Ohio that you... like? I, I saw one down in Middletown once. I'm, I'm more of a bird nerd. So for me, it was the types birds. of birds that are here that I've never seen before, like the cardinal. Oh, yeah. That is exclusive to the North American area. And then the blue jays, they're a little more spread out, but we also don't have anything like that. Hmm. Especially in the city, the four kinds of birds I've seen is... Pigeon. A pigeon, <laughs> sparrow, crow, and uh, uh, chickadee. Lots of crows. Lots in of crows. In the I city. remember the first. You day, wake up with crows. Yeah, the first day I woke up in Ukraine, the first thing I heard was crows, and it was a little bit eerie. I'm not I'm gonna lie. I'm in Miamisburg. <laughs> yeah, not Miamisburg. <laughs> yeah, in here we live to an, in an apartment complex next to a lake, so we wake up with geese and ducks. So many geese, Canada geese everywhere, but we love it. It's our favorite thing. We call our apartment a goose subscription. <laughs> so if we were to come to the Ukraine, where would you want to take us? Say, I want you to see this about my country. This is this is what represents us. This is famous. This is what I'd like you to take back to America. There is plenty of places to see just in Kiev alone. And in fact, we were there for about five days and we actually only saw half of it. Oh, wow. Like of the places that you really want to see just in Kiev. But I would also really recommend Lviv, which is the coffee capital of Europe. Ooh. <laughs> That's the, the, the urban legend goes that the coffee originated in Europe from that town, from one particular person. And it has so many coffee shops. I think one block has like 20. And has your dad you been there yet? No, but he will be going very soon. Oh. <laughs> Meet going. the in-laws? Yeah. <laughs> what was the movie? Meet the Fockers? Or? Oh, yeah, Meet the Fockers. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Father of the Bride. Bl- I believe the next time we're headed out to Ukraine, my parents will be joining us. So oh, we'll be hitting be all the fun spots. I So what is the name of the coffee town that Lviv. I need to go to? It's Lviv. It's Lviv. practically on the west. During certain periods of time, it was also the capital. So there's quite a bit to see in there. But Lviv was, uh, during most of the time, for the past 500 years, on the Polish territory. Mm. So you will see a lot of Catholic influence in there. But it's still, and it's quite different from Kiev too. It's mm. still a sight to see. I've never actually been, and I'm upset. Oh, <laughs> I've it's never time to go. visited Lviv. <laughs> beaches, resorts? Um, we used to have beaches, a lot of them. Where'd they go? Crimean Peninsula. <laughs> Russia took them. Oh, no. Now there is only kind of two resorts you go to. One is on the west, which is Odessa and all the rural areas that are along. And then there is also Mariupol on more of the eastern part, but it's not as safe to go there because the east is still uh, quite uneasy. A little turmoil going on. Yeah. yeah. Still, there, There's been, from what I know, a ceasefire, which so far has been going more or less fine for the, the past 150 days, and that's been a high score. Okay, that, well, that bring, makes me think. Is there any uh, type of compulsory service for Ukrainian kids? Like? Like in, in Germany, at, you have to serve two years, either go to the military, work for the fire department, or do some sort of public service? Yeah, you, all the males from 18 to 27 are conscripted in a one-year military service, which you really don't want to go to. Like you want to... Because you're up in the east? No, they don't really send you there the first day. And they usually don't send just anybody there. Um, the one-year service is more like a training mm. in case of a war. So like preparing to be like what we would call the reserves or the National yeah. Guard. Okay. So they don't usually sell, uh, send the, the very young people unless they're like in great shape and they've shown great results, then maybe they'll consider sending them to war but usually it's calm the thing is it's a very low budget and it's a horrible horrible conditions for most of the armies 
So, for example, like my friend had this one friend that recently was uh, conscripted, and he went to the army, and closer to the end of his term, like for the last four months, he was forcefully fed methamphetamine so that he would get addicted and he would start buying it from them. He had to lay in the hospital for like three weeks. He was completely out. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, wow. That's kind of uh, different. Yeah, Yeah. scary. Yeah, now let, let, let's kind of switch. Chernobyl is in the Ukraine, correct? Yep, it's what? only 100 miles away from Kiev. Kiev. So do on, you have on the like north. three-headed dogs and all kinds <laughs> of crazy? No, and in fact, most of the wildlife started for the past few years coming back to Chernobyl oh, Forest, which is a good sign because animals yeah. know better than us Absolutely. when it's safe. So if they're starting to live there again, that means it's more or less fine. Good. Any any stories? Okay, so you would have been a little bit young for Chernobyl, but did I you would have been a little non-existent. Yeah, a little non-existent. <laughs> okay, so but your parents did they did they have any stories that they remember or? So my dad was currently serving in the military when that happened, and he wanted to be really far away from his parents, so he went to eat, serve on the far east of Russia, a town called Vladivostok, uh, which is not too far from Japan. And my mom was actually in, in at the time in Kiev, and she was uh, 13 years old when that happened. And coincidentally, my uh, grandpa, her dad, he was working as a personal chauffeur for like a pretty important director at the air industry, the Antonov uh, plant. And he found out because of these kinds of work connections, the fact that it happened because it was concealed from the public for, I think, three days until the international, uh, all the countries found out on the satellite images yeah, well, and everything. Picking up, and uh, they started telling, yeah, you, you better tell them or we're going to do it. Hmm. And so normally people would find, find out later, but he found out practically immediately that morning. So what is it, like three hours after it happened? And they took the whole family and they drove all the way south to Crimea and they just stayed there, which I guess it was probably quite... It, it turned out to be quite good because uh, the the way the air was back then, it kind of took it more west and north. Mm. Yeah. So it didn't really go south, the whole radiation cloud. Yeah, so I, it was actually a pretty good choice. I had just left Germany, but I still had friends who were stationed there. And obviously, because of what was going on during the Cold War, we were monitoring radiation and stuff like that. And they started picking up that there was radiation in the air and it's like, where's this coming from? And of course it didn't take long to isolate it with satellites and stuff, but. All right. So we're getting close to the end of the show. Mikla, if you could let our listeners know, especially Americans, but anybody worldwide that might be listening, what, is, what are some things that you really want people to know about the Ukraine? Maybe misconceptions or what do you really want them to know? Well, the main misconception is that we're not Russia. <laughs> and, and we have our own language, and it's not that similar to Russian. It's actually more similar to Polish than to Russian. Okay. But also, you really don't want to do socialism. <laughs> because it's very destructive, and the consequences are very long-term. Do you have examples? Um, most of the examples would come from how state departments and state legislatures don't have enough even money to operate properly and they don't even have a desire to operate properly. And there is so much corruption in day-to-day -day deals that in order for you to like see a specialist in, for example, a hospital, like let's say you need a, a good cardiologist mm -hmm. and you would go to a state hospital, which is technically free, you would probably have to bribe your way into the line in order to get there quicker because most likely you're short on time and you need to get the visit as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't end there because usually, especially with stuff like cardiology, you need some kind of test. Right. And for the tests, you'll need to pay in order to get there faster as well. And so it's like day-to-day -day life that you don't even really notice it's around you. And some people get so used to it, they don't even think you can live without it at that point. Uh, but even stuff like avoiding to go to serve in the army. Some people just bribe their way out of it. When you have bad grades in the universities, you just can bribe your way out of it. And uh, I'm guilty of it myself, too. <laughs> so 
that's how common it is. Yeah. But that's just the way of life there. It kind of is the way of life, but do you really want that kind of way of life? No, I'm just saying it's kind of <laughs> like just the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but especially if that's not what you're used to and you become a socialist country. So I remember in the, like, Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. in trying to talk and converse and the, the dealings we have to have, you had to accept that lying was a part of the culture mm-hmm. and that you had mm-hmm. to expect that you are going to get lied to and you had to try to work your way around it. And that's what I'm saying that's just part yeah. of the culture and how it is. It's similar. Yeah. So let me wrap this up with a couple quick questions to make it timely for right now. COVID, how is that being dealt with? How is the Ukrainian government, how is Ukraine dealing with COVID? Are, mm, there was any restrictions or? Yeah, there were some restrictions. There were some shutdowns. No stimuluses whatsoever because we don't have the money for that at all. <laughs> and I think they're going to do a small shutdown again like two three weeks in january maybe not but that's all i've heard do you know if the numbers are equivalent percentage wise is here or um i don't know per capita unfortunately i don't think they're that high but there is definitely not nearly enough testing and i'm not sure what's going to be with the vaccines i think we bought it from israel but i don't know how many we even got Mm. so it's not handled very well and most of it's money that we don't have right well, Kim, I think we could do almost another complete episode here. We absolutely could. You want yeah. to come back for another show sometime? Sure, tomorrow. I find this fascinating. I love to learn. I love to travel. And well, that and part of the world is a part of the world I've not spent a lot of time in, and I would like to go there. Well, and what interests me is, Mikla, you're, what, 24, 25? 23. 23. 24 this year. Not yet, though. So we're Way not to go, talking. Kim. Well, <laughs> my point is that we're Hannah, not talking. what are you, like 18? <laughs> 26. <laughs> I'm not, I'm cradle not robber. I'm not dumb. So, <laughs> I am a cradle robber. My point is that it, we're, it's not like we're talking to somebody that is 50, 60, 70 years old. This is stuff that is now, like current. current. Yeah. Uh, and it's... I don't know. I, I, I personally feel like as Americans, especially, we are somewhat blinded to the rest of the world. I think it's really easy to put on blinders and say, well, we have it so bad in America and we have this problem and that problem. And we don't even know what problems are, honestly. And oh, my gosh. They ran out of my favorite flavor of coffee. Right. I, I'm yeah. so hungry. And all I have is leftovers. Oh, right. no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I... I got to choose between taco. It's late. I got to choose between Taco Bell, Waffle House, right. McDonald's. I just don't know where I'm going to go snack tonight. We right. don't even know the well, half it, of it. We yeah. only started picking up on track recently for the past three years. We started slowly introducing capitalism, and that uh, brought about huge changes in both uh, health industry, like uh, healthcare. We started introducing private healthcare options. Yeah and private hospitals, and they operate cheaper than the bribes you would have to pay in the state hospitals. And then we also got our own uh, postal service that kind of came about as a business, and it handles things way better than the the state postal service. So compare it kind of like an Amazon postal service and a USPS, and USPS would be so outmatched, it just doesn't really do much anymore these days. Right. Well... I'm afraid, well, wait, no, one more thing. McDonald's. Do you have McDonald's in Kiev? <laughs> we do. and You've made it. My wife judges that it's way better than McDonald's Ooh, here. What do they oh, have that we don't have? It's way better. They the have hamburger like, royale. Yeah, royale with cheese. A royale so with like cheese. They had, they we did like have this. royale with cheese. They actually removed it last two years. <laughs> no, that's a real thing. It was, and, and then it's gone, and it was you know my why? favorite. Do you know why? Why? Because they don't have, because the metric system. Oh, no, like there you go. <laughs> okay, we're they removed the sandwich from the menu. Here, so. It all comes back to Pulp Fiction. <laughs> they they don't have it on the menu anymore. Oh, it's gone, it's and sad. I'm upset. Genuinely, they have a great black currant drink that was super good. I will say they're. Um, we have ke- some black currant drink out in the fridge. Oh, we'll take it. <laughs> oh, it's pomegranate. Sorry. Um, their ketchup's really weird, and you have to pay extra for any ketchup at all. So that but, was that was weird. But yeah, mayonnaise on the French fries. They do mayonnaise a lot. They yeah. do mayonnaise and sour cream. That's like the sour cream of is the yeah to sour go. cream on anything. Ooh. But yeah, their McDonald's is way better. So 
Yeah, any condiment you will have to purchase at an extra cost of, I think at this point it's a quarter. I was a little mad about that. Yeah, you 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 need to adjust yourself to only use one ketchup pack. Yep. Which Refil- I, I can't refills do. aren't free. No nope. refills. Yeah. <laughs> no refills. They try to introduce that, and then people started coming in with buckets and filling it and <laughs> so going home. European. And then they kicked us out for playing a card game in McDonald's. <laughs> no loitering anywhere, okay? <laughs> yeah, I really honestly think we might need to do another episode with McLaren. <laughs> we, we need to and get into more. Okay, so we've learned about all this. Now we get in, need to get into the fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting all kicked right. out of McDonald's for playing cards. Yes. <laughs> yeah. okay. It's so going to be better. You guys are going to be coming back. Yeah. You guys sounds good Sunday. to me. Going to be a better sequel than Terminator 2. Ooh. Oh. Promises, promises. All right. So, Kim. Yeah. I think it's time to get us out of here. We've already run over our hour. All right. But that's okay. Yeah. All right. So you can find us on all the socials. We are on Twitter at a lost hour, which is also our email address, a lost hour at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at an hour of your life. Yeah. So thank you too for being in the studio, the 13th hour studio here in beautiful little, or I keep saying little in sugar Creek township, <laughs> township, Ohio. And thank you for spending an hour of your life with us. No sources this week. It was all original.